hall when he's like making his tent to place and he's just like talking to people right and he's living life and so that really broke my preconceptions of like what serving on the field would be like well, hey everyone, my name is Doug and I'm a pastor here at Lord's Love Church where everything we do is to help you receive and live out the love of Christ. In other words, we're really passionate about you following Jesus and we want to help you in your discipleship process by making Jesus your everything. Hey, I don't know how 2020 has gone for you, but can't believe we're nearing the end of 2020. Uh, as, we, as I'm recording uh, this, we are two days away from New Year's Day. Whatever 2020 was to you, I really hope that God was present in your life, that you're able to experience Him. But as a leader in the church and as a pastor in the church, I know it's difficult and it's definitely been a difficult year for me as I reflect back on 2020, even though God has been so good. There's been some real hard times this year where, where I wrestled with my own discipleship and I wrestled with my own faith and my purpose and what I'm doing in the church. Does anything I do really matter? And if that resonates with you, I, I just want to let you know that my heart is with you. I understand you and we're not alone in this together. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today as I have Jess Leung on, on this episode and on this podcast that we're going to talk about community and the importance of community and the importance of doing life together. And so this is episode 10 of our podcast segment called Stories from the Church, where we share stories from the church that are for the church. And we're really doing this podcast for two main reasons. It's to honor God by stewarding the relationships and the people we have here at LLC. And we're also here to serve you. Uh, so we will love your feedback. Uh, we'll love to hear from you. So it, send me an email, send me a text message if you have my phone number. But wherever you're from, I would love uh, to hear from you. Well, today's podcast uh, conversation is with Jess Lung, and we're currently work, and she's currently working as an elementary school teacher overseas. And when she was in town in Vancouver earlier this year, we had an opportunity to record a couple episodes. So this is really part two of our conversation together. And if you really want to listen to part one, you can go back to episode two, and you can find our conversation there. Well, Jess is currently working. Uh, overseas, as I mentioned, but she's also working on her master's of education at the University of British Columbia. And she's a teacher through and through. She loves learning, and you'll hear that curiosity in our conversation today. Uh, but mainly, she'll share about what community means to her, especially since she's traveled to so many parts of the world, served in so many different parts of the world, and she's learned how uh, no matter where she's been, a community has been so important in her faith formation. As I mentioned, she is a teacher, but she is currently serving bivocationally, and she's going to share a little bit more about that in terms of how she came into that calling and how God has placed her where she's at now. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Jess Leung. Well, I'm here back with Jess Leung, part two of our conversation together, because the first time uh, we had such a rich conversation in terms of talking about how, the ways that we're serving and your heart uh, for people around the world. Uh, so welcome back, Jess. Thanks for having me, Doug. It's always fun chatting with you and yeah, just uh, catching up and just sharing. Yeah, I just remember from last time, uh, just recalling all the memories that, that we've had uh, living through different uh, milestones of life together and how you've known our family and the way that you treat our kids as well and how well they get along <laughs> with you. Uh, it's been really, really good. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's always been fun kind of um, being a part of your life and their lives. Um, even though I've never been really in the country at the same time as them, um, 
I'm always kind of at a distance, like sending postcards or whatever, but I always feel so welcomed and a part of your family's life when I'm there because you guys are just so welcoming and just so quick to, um, yeah, connect. Those postcards. We really look forward to receiving them. We have a huge collection of them. Uh, we hide them away in, um, in, our, in our shelf of our precious collectibles. Uh, but they've come from all around the world, places that we probably won't have a chance to visit. Yeah, those are, I feel like um, that's my um, souvenir for people. Like I have a mailing list of people that I send postcards to wherever I go and um, for our listeners, if you'd like to be part of that mailing list, let me know. Because <laughs> I love, I love writing letters and I love sharing about what I'm doing or learning wherever I'm at. And then, um, I don't know, it's just so nice to receive something in the mail because then um, it just shows that that person who wrote it was thinking of you at that time. So. Um, and likewise, if you'd love to send me snail mail, I would love to receive it too. I, I really, pen pals. Yeah, I really do think that's a lost art. Like, <laughs> I, like, like, I, like handwritten uh, mail. Uh, whenever we open our mailbox in our apartment, it's usually flyers and maybe Bill. bills. Yeah, so it's very, it's very good to receive a handwritten letter, letter from around the world. Um, yeah, I always wonder if like the postman like reads my postcards, like when they deliver them to you or to the other people that I mail to. Um, and yeah, I find it really interesting as well as that as your family grew, my um, addressee changed from Doug and Jess to Cohen and then to Cohen and Ryan. So I'm no right. longer writing to the parents. I'm writing to their kids. Which right. It's a lot of fun. And Cohen, um, like, well, he's five and he's learning how to read. Uh, so he'll be slowly reading the letter. We're re reading it together. He's like, read it. What's this say? What's this say? What's Auntie Jess saying? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, calm down. Uh, well, we'll get to it. Yeah. yeah. But, but this does remind me of all the places that you've traveled to, uh, which mm -hmm. uh, has really led to the ways that you're serving now uh, abroad, over, overseas. And mm -hmm. for those of you that didn't catch a part one, uh, Jess, she is trained as an elementary school teacher uh, having her education background and also you're currently working on your master's of education uh, at UBC yeah. um, yep. so education uh, through and through teacher um, teaching love is at your learn. heart yeah <laughs> you love to learn love to explore um, yeah as you think back to I guess some of your trips and the ways that you've served and I know you've been in places like in Panama um, and you've served mm -hmm. in different capacities there. Were you there once or twice? I can't remember. Uh, twice. Twice. Yeah. I when you're at least two. <laughs> at least two. Yeah. When when you were serving in Panama, what what was that trip like? What were you doing there? Um. So uh, I went there twice, and they were always during like the Christmas holiday time, and so me and um my teammates uh other members of uh, Lord's Love, um, we would run like a kids camp kind of thing. And through that sort of um, platform, try to reach out to their families and also use that as a way to um, like follow up with them, like do home visits and things. And we also helped with like um, their like Christmas like 
dinner or like different organizational stuff that they had during that Christmas Advent kind of period. Um, so yeah, like that experience, I think uh, I went when I was much younger. It was during when I was in university. So um, like, I think it was learning the beginning of learning how to work cross-culturally and especially when there's like a language um, barrier or like there's mixed languages happening as well as working um, in an environment where like you can kind of prepare as much as you can prior but then at the same time like you get there and then everything could be like thrown out thrown out because other plans have changed so to be flexible um, is what I really learned from those first kind of experiences um, going to Panama. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun too, mm. like getting to meet people and um, get to know my teammates more. And uh, yeah, I got to play with fireworks and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a different part of the world in Panama in yeah, terms of, I guess, the yeah. safety around uh, the fireworks and whatnot. Yeah, like holding holding on to this uh i think they're called roman candles right and then like they just like and i was like wow and i remember yeah like just like pretending we were wizards yeah <laughs> um but it was it was a good experience in a sense that i learned um yeah like how flexibility is really important and um and that people work in different ways and serve in different ways. Mm. Um, and just, yeah, like seeing uh, how uh, the body of Christ is like so different in different places. Right. Right. But at the same time, we're all still connected through him. Right. That makes sense. It's kind yeah. of paradoxical in a way. Yeah. You, you you mentioned something about flexibility there, and I think that's mm -hmm. a really big word in terms of ministry and then serving mm -hmm. a different capacity. Like you're in Panama, uh, you're you're way down south from where we are here in in Vancouver, uh, transiting through different cities, and you're a different culture, different language, as you mentioned, different places. And like, would you say before you served in that capacity, like growing up, or even like, were you consider yourself a flexible person, or was that kind of learned throughout? like letting go of plans, yeah. like all that. Um, that. Sorry, on a side note, I just remembered on one of the trips, mm. our flight out of Vancouver got canceled because there was like a missing thing or some faulty thing. So then we got delayed. And then because of that, there was a kind of a snowball effect. So then all of our connecting flights had to be rearranged. And then we ended up having to like fly from... Vancouver to Dallas to Houston to <laughs> wherever to wherever to then finally Panama and that was that was crazy but we got a lot of uh, airport vouchers like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah your question um, I I think I think um, for me I'm the type of person that uh, really thinks fast, really think fast sorry and like, I always think like so many steps ahead mm. and I like to be prepared. Um, but that's not to say like, I'm not 
flex well I think the flexibility is always like within this framework that I have planned so I like organized chaos within my controlled viewpoint um, uh, growing up I think um, like uh, I think my parents are quite flexible um, but then yeah I think for me as I like got older and then know started thinking like in high school like okay like gotta do these courses and so that I can go to this program at this university and then da, da, da. so it's like almost like I'm trying to think on like that trajectory of like okay thinking that many steps ahead so I think um yeah I, I'm not sure if necessarily like I um was naturally flexible and also, I'm not sure if I was naturally like always thinking so many steps ahead. I think it's something that evolved as I went through school and then like through life and stuff like that. But definitely through this, these life experiences of these trips, um, like it kind of chipped away at me trying to hold on to plans so tightly because mm. I could tangibly see and experience that that's not possible. Like yeah. that's not feasible. Yeah. I've always always thought of you as someone that adapted very well. And maybe that's because I know you've traveled and you've been in so many different places and it seems like you wherever it is that you go, I I know later we'll mention community and how important that is to you. But you adapted mm -hmm. well that you you have gone gotten to know people around. And I think about my own experience in terms of serving in different places, how um that really trains you for life, like everyday life that you mm -hmm. go with a plan, like you don't go into whatever trip without any plans and be like, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you go in almost planning to let go of your plans. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a weird kind of uh, feeling. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Did you yeah, want to speak I, on that it, a little bit? Yeah. Well, I, it's almost like um, you're, you won't, like you'll go in with plans and stuff like that. But I think it's really how you approach and how you react when you need to let go of those plans like do you um like when you realize oh I need to like adjust this plan or throw it out like are you kind of do you feel bitter or do you feel like uh, right like a sense of like oh I'm so vexed or is it like okay like it it sucks but at the same time I'm not gonna let that impede me from moving forward um mm -hmm. and I think yeah like that's something that you're like alluding to as well but um I think it's really how um your reaction to it and then I think that also reflects the heart that you're carrying re regarding it mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. like if you're really like really fixated on like oh man like my plans I've worked so hard on it da, 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 da. um like I think it's okay to feel that but to not necessarily let that carry on with you or um, influence how you move forward. Right. Yeah. Well, what I'm hearing you say is that where your heart is helps you to see the current obstacle that you're going through, like the challenges mm -hmm. that you have, like um, it's still a challenge at the end of the day, no matter what it is, mm -hmm. we're not trying mm -hmm. to make light of whatever it is yeah, someone yeah, yeah, is yeah. going through. But at the same time, when you're on the field, like when you're serving, you're expecting there to be challenges, but your heart is prepared for those moments or as prepared as you can be um, mm -hmm. to, to take on those, those challenges. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Another moment you mentioned uh, like traveling and, you know, needing to change your itinerary. 
have there been other moments on the field um, when you're serving, you're like, this is a challenging moment. And you're like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through or. Uh... Um, yeah, definitely. But I feel like I can't remember. I just yeah. remember for some reason this just comes up. Like, I think there's always also like um, just tiredness, right? Like, oh, yeah. you know, whether it's jet lag or, you know, like if you're introvert, like I'm a chatty introvert, like I still need alone time. And so like, sometimes you're just like with people all the time. You're like, I'm just so tired. Right? And so I think um, what comes to mind is when one time in Panama, like we created this motto of like, um, the the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, I just remember um, I was on the bed and Queenie and Evelyn were talking and like planning and stuff. And I was trying to contribute, but I'm not a night person and they are, they're night owls. And like, I was trying to participate and contribute, but I could feel myself like slipping like honestly <laughs> and then right. but yeah like they were just so like yeah just go to sleep and then I just remember like bye <laughs> yeah um so I think um even just um flexibility or adaptability with whom you work with as well like I'm sure they had to kind of figure out how to best work with me with like our different kind of um strengths of like oh I'm more of a morning person they're more of evening like and then also like when you're working cross-culturally even like with different age groups and stuff mm. in mm. within a team um there's always unexpected things that pop up whether it's like misunderstandings or like oh I plan something but you also plan something too like what do we do yeah. kind of thing right yeah. um so yeah, I don't know if that. Yeah, no, I I think so. Like, I'm just thinking maybe. Well, okay, let, let let's just uh, go on a bit of a tangent here because I think what you mentioned is really tangent. important uh, huh? in terms of like you know, people listening in. Maybe they're in a church context, um, but they're serving as some sort of capacity, and mm. just the challenge of ministry uh, and even you in the way you're serving right now and also you teaching. You're always around people. So, and then you, you mentioned that you're a chatty introvert, which is very interesting as well. So I'm just thinking like, how do you balance between like, especially on the field, uh, like mm. you're always engaged, always on, but you also need to rest because well, mm. we're human and we need to sleep. Uh, I always say like the, the most chaotic and crazy conversations I've had that sometimes make no sense is late at night when you're with your team. Yeah. And you're like delirious. Yeah. You're all delirious and you're like, what yeah. is going on? So like, how do you balance it? Like how, how are ways you recharge? What works for you? Well, I think that really comes down to like, how well do you know yourself and are in tune with like your own boundaries and needs. But I think what's really important when you're working in a team is clear communication I think like um, some people might feel that being direct means you're being rude. But I think you can still be respectful and direct, like clear, right? Like you right. don't just beat around and just hope that they understand the underlying context. And one kind of activity that um, I did one time at the beginning of a team, uh, maybe four years ago when I was in, Th when I was in Thailand, um, was our team leader like uh, was like okay like 
um, she just kind of did that kind of scale of like extreme extrovert and extreme like introvert. And then she just asked us to self-place ourselves where we felt we were in that gradient. And then just kind of visually seeing where everyone was. And then she's like, yeah, so I just want you guys to be mindful that like for people that are more introverted, like if they just kind of disappear off or, you know, just says like, oh, I just need to be alone, like to to not interpret that that person wants to be away from you. It's just more of like they just need time to themselves. So I think like clear communication mm. with parties involved as well as just setting like a good understanding of yourself can be very helpful in maintaining like the health of the team but also like health for yourself mm. um, because I think like um, like if you were like there's we're always hesitant to be like I need a break right to say that but because you're like oh I'm just like you know disappointing so-and-so right? Right, right but then if you think about it in the other way like I don't think we're so quick to say that to someone else right mm, like, that's a good point you might you might feel like um oh man like can't have that person's help but at the same time you're not like uh, like angry about it right so I think we're always hard on ourselves and I think there's always that voice in our head thinking like you know we need to prove something right but um yeah. I don't think that's necessarily true or maybe that highlights like well who are you trying to prove to right? mm. and I yeah. don't know like 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 well no thanks for sharing that because i'm thinking like like th th there's a mentality that in the church world in the serving world that whatever you're in like we are to do it 100 percent. so especially when you're overseas in a, on, on the field you're like i gotta go 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 because i only have so much time uh but at the same time like if it, at the end of the day if you're not recharged for the next day or if your team isn't getting along yeah. th then it doesn't really help move um the whole team towards that mission yeah, of why yeah. you're really serving there. Uh, and, and, yeah. and actually what, what you brought up is really interesting because like for me, uh, I'm not sure if you know what Enneagram number uh, you are, but oh, then, uh, I, I remember doing this like <laughs> a couple years ago um, because I attended the date, like it was in the summer and you had like right. a retreat or something and I did it, but then I don't really remember what number right. I am. Okay. That's all right. Two, I don't right. know. Okay, like the helper. Um, but I'm just thinking <laughs> no, as a number. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, for, for myself, like being a number three, like being you know all about vision and planning and executing mm -hmm. and, and strategy, and also being an extrovert. Like I have to realize, uh, like I have to tone myself down because mm -hmm. a I burn myself out, but also it, it doesn't help the rest of the team. But also what mm -hmm. I've heard and talking to other people, whether at church on the on the teams that I've served in. It's more of like, oh, I don't know, as an introvert, I don't know if I have anything to give. But like, I think this is a really good example in having a conversation with you that you send, you say, saying yourself you're an introvert as well, and you need to recharge. And I've never believed that. Uh, I think the ways that we have e effect for the kingdom is not whether we're introvert, extrovert, because God has made us and we all have a different personality, different ways. Um, but it's like, the way can you imagine if the whole team was like just all extroverts or all <laughs> introverts, like I think right. it would just be very imbalanced in a sense that like, yeah, it would, it would not necessarily depict what 
the body and the diversity of Christ is. Because, you know, like, in the Bible, yeah. it's like, you know, I arm different body parts. Right, right, right. Different body parts. There's so many. Uh, different functions. Th- yeah, uh, different functions, but also so many um, one another passages that were meant to be in relationship uh, mm-hmm. with, with other people. Um, yeah, and this I know we're going on a bit of a tangent, but like with extroverts and introverts, like I've, it's not so much of your personality even, but it's more of how you recharge. So yeah. like, yeah, extrovert, extroverts recharging with people, introverts recharging, uh, doing more um, alone and on, mm-hmm. on um, a quiet time. Uh, it's not about how much you give, because I think in God's kingdom, extroverts and introverts have equal amounts in terms of mm-hmm. how they serve. Yeah. Uh, you, when you talk about diversity of uh, the body, uh, how have you experienced that in terms of mm-hmm. different places you've traveled to? I know you lived in London uh, for yeah. the amount of time you're teaching, working there. Yeah, so um, I think like the diversity, like the breadth of this, breadth of the body was like just really highlighted when I first moved to London because, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a community there. Um, I had a friend who like I did the, uh, the education program with and she was there, like she kind of got there before me and then I met up with mm. her and then we got an apartment together and um, we went to like a church there and we, it was just one that was like in the neighborhood and she had started going there. So I kind of then joined her and yeah, like um, it was like the, the demo, like the like people there were like completely different than what who I've ever fellowship with because one they were um they were all like uh older people or like uh young families but the young families are like the kids are like elementary age maybe teenagers and they're all like Caucasian too so like me and my friend were like the two like Chinese people there um and but they were just like so welcoming like we like I just got there like I just landed and basically we just got an apartment together and then um we didn't have really anything and then they were like oh yeah like whatever you need um just make a list and we'll like send it out to people in the church and then we'll just get you all the stuff and so we got like a bunch of dishes cutlery a lot of tea towels um (laughs) and like a mirror and yeah, it's a lot of things. And I was just so touched in the sense that like, I just met them. And they're just so open to sharing and giving. And, um, and yeah, like opening their home stuff, because then, mm. like on Sundays, in the UK, and in London, they're like, big on Sunday roast. And it's just basically like, have big, Sunday lunch kind of meal, lunch, brunch, late lunch. Sounds like a good time. Um, yeah so like they just yeah just spend time together as a family or like whatever whether it's in a home or like restaurant but in in this context with them like it was always in someone's home and it was like after church and go to someone's place and and it's not just a meal it's like a whole day affair because after you eat then you just like sit around chat hang out and then by the time it's like evening and then it was like oh wow right so Mm -hmm. yeah just like hanging out with them and yeah, like, even though it was a completely different demographic than what I'm used to, or what I kind of grew up with in Vancouver, which was predominantly, like, Chinese Canadian, first generation kind of 
younger people my age, um, like I learned so much from them. And um, yeah, like mm. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, like, like I did also find another, another fellowship group that I fellowshiped with like during the week that was with another church um, just because like the small group times that um, my home church, I guess you could say, um, right. would have was always during like daytimes or something like that because there was a lot of like stay-at-home moms or like we're tired people. So, right. And um, so like um, my felt like my study group was like during the week at this other church and um, yeah, and like I got to meet a lot of people through there as well, and that was like really cool too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's just was really interesting from this experience um this one experience seeing how diverse it is and it was just breaking my kind of preconceptions of what fellowship would look like for wow. me like you know like right so right i didn't think i would fit in but i did in right. some ways. it just reminds me as you're speaking uh of the passage in acts 2 of how like there was no one in need and I'm just thinking, like you, 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 both of you uh, were new to the country, had a need, but the church and the community there took care of you in that way. And and that's just very different than the culture we have here in in Vancouver. Anyways, I don't know mm-hmm. the rest of the world, but in terms mm-hmm. of like, even if there is a need, you're kind of shy to ask it. Like, there's a politeness mm-hmm. to it. It's like, oh, I could use those tea towels <laughs> that you mentioned, but you know, I don't want to take it from someone else, or it's kind of like it's my problem, and I don't want to put mm-hmm. that problem mm-hmm. on someone else, but. In, as a church, though, we're called to carry each other's burdens um, and to be open with it. But um, yeah, I'm just thinking, like, were you hesitant in asking for that help? I, like, I, the thing is, is that I didn't ask. Like, they just instantly, oh, right, right. They just instantly were like, oh, you just moved into your new apartment. Do you have this? Do you need this? And we're like, oh, we haven't got anything yet. And they're like, oh, do you need a ride to, like, Ikea or whatever? And then we're just like, oh, I don't know. Right? So it was just like, they're very quick. Right. to um offer and right. i think on our end to be like humble and accepting it and not feeling like oh by accepting we're becoming a burden for them like right. hindering them right so yeah to yeah. accept graciously and thankfully right accepting graciously that that that's something where it's interesting because humility we kind of think of it it's something that we we give like, you know, in terms of the way we live out, the conversations that we have, that we don't want to be arrogant. Uh, but I've learned in myself that there's also a sense of pride when I don't want to accept help. Like, because it's kind of like, I think I can do it myself. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I have it all together. So if I ask someone, or in your case, someone asked you, uh, I would, you know, the first, the, the, the natural thing for me to say is like, hey, no, like I'm going to be okay, even though I could use the help because mm-hmm. it's my own pride. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's interesting that that's the lesson that I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's kind of the lesson that, that you learned or experienced. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, in terms yeah. of like that, that kind of, um, uh, I would say radical, like a radical hospitality that mm. uh, many of us could learn. Um, and when you first told me that, like that was a couple, well, quite a few years ago now, uh, but I, that's what stood out to me. I was like, well, as a church and as a leader, like how can we have that kind of effect as well? Uh, so it's interesting, like this church with people that I've never met 
has impacted me here in Vancouver mm -hmm. <laughs> simply mm -hmm. through the story of you sharing it. And I'm just thinking yeah. that's, that's community, that's fellowship, yeah. that's the yeah. body of Christ being yeah. and edifying one another. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I'm thinking about, um, you know, even how you're serving now um, and your different um, trips you've taken in the past, like have there, have there been moments in the past that's led um, led you to where you are now in terms of your work with elementary school students, mm. um, your work in education, or even um, preparing to send you overseas? Like, have have there been moments where you're like, I'm so out of out of uh, out of what I know, but I know that this is what God is doing and growing me. Oh, yeah, it's a big um. question. <laughs> well, you shared um, about different mission trips before, like different trips mm -hmm. before. Yeah, so. that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, the one in Moldova, is that mm. the one? Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, well, I think... Where's um, Moldova? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a board game. It's called Where's Moldova. It's a geography game. Um, that sounds so. like I would, <laughs> like only I would enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> um. What was I going to say? Um, I think what kind of, uh, from this trip to Moldova, I think how I approached it really did impact or influence how I kind of uh, approached other trips or how I served after right. that. So, right. Moldova, so how I got to Moldova was um, while I was living in London, um, it was summer holidays and I wasn't going back to Vancouver. And then, so um, my friend and I, my roommate and I, um, shout out to Vivian. Um, <laughs> um, she was, she, she, um, she, she really had a big influence on me as well, like in my growth, but she was like, oh, we should like go on a trip together to serve somewhere and then I was like sure okay and then um we went on to a website and how we got connected with that is because she was a subscriber to some prayer thing and she saw the info mm -hmm. about them mm -hmm. anyways we went onto their website and we inputted the date that we were available for or the time frame that we're available for and like different things popped up and then we saw like Moldova and we're like what's Moldova like where is that right we, we had never heard of this country before and then we signed up for it we didn't really we knew it was working with kids and but we kind of went in very open to like whatever happens happens right and yeah the team that we worked with there were like people from Austria Germany UK Moldovans Russians and mm. Yeah, it was really interesting working in those different dynamics with different personalities, different cultures, different backgrounds, different age groups as well. And um, yeah, it was a very different kind of culture in the sense that it's um, kind of post-Soviet Union and there's different languages happening within Moldova. And um, yeah, it was like we, we didn't know what we were doing, but we're doing oh. something <laughs> yeah so I think like that openness to approaching something um really kind of shaped how I approached other trips 
moving forward as well. Like mm. I kind of had a vague idea, but at the same time, just linking back to the idea of flexibility and holding on to plans so tightly. Like I think that was kind of growing me in that sense of, okay, like I know the one thing I know is that I'm going to be serving in some way, but how I will be serving, like we'll find out kind of thing. And right. there was a phrase that I learned in Moldova and it's, it's Vadem Palak and it means <laughs> we'll know when we get there. And um, yeah, wow. that's something that's really kind of stuck with me all these years. I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly <laughs> or if it's actually that phrase, but I, I'm just going to say Vadem right. Palak. To say it with confidence. <laughs> yeah, that's always that's always the, the thing, confidence. Right. Yeah. Wow. It, it's interesting to me that um, as you mentioned that, like what you just shared there about uh, what was the term again? What What does it mean? Like what? Oh, we'll, it, it, uh, we'll know when, when we get there. Yeah, we'll know when we get there. Like that really drives us from the West crazy and that's like the, like the mm-hmm. whole like wanting control, mm-hmm. wanting time. And 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 here's the thing: like if I meet you for lunch at 12, I expect you to show up at 12, you know, for lunch, just because we honor each other's time and whatnot. That's just the way that our society kind of, um, kind of operates. So imagine if we say yeah. we're all meeting each other for lunch, like, well, I'll show up when I show up or like, you know, yeah. when it happens, you know, that's kind <laughs> of like, that, that's not, um, that, that's not ideal. But I think when we serve in ministry and on the field in different cu- countries and different meeting, different people, like, we really shape, get shaped by those opportunities uh, yeah. and learning. I think it, it reflects our faith with God in terms yeah. of learning how to journey with them and how our, our faith mm-hmm. walk is in a straight line. Um, actually, a quick story. As you mentioned about time, and um, for me, when I served in Ghana, uh, those few trips that I've gone to, I remember sitting in, it was a youth night and we're supposed to share about, you know, our experience and who we are and, you know, give our testimonies. And, I think it was supposed to start at seven and we got there. And for one thing that the hut that we're at didn't even have electricity. So we're like calling flashlights, but we're sitting there like, uh, first thing I had planned, I wrote down my testimony on paper, but I couldn't read it because it was so dark in there. I couldn't read. So I had to throw that out the window, but also like not many people were in there and we're still waiting. Mm-hmm. And I asked the local worker there and he was like, well, they'll come when they come. I'm like, all right. Well, I mean, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty late it's you know it's nighttime right like how long are we gonna wait for but that's the way of how they have sunday service Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the way that they serve um but yeah and i think that's where you need to be like um aware of the culture and like to be be in it but not be a part of it especially if it's like you know it's like daniel in babylon right Mm -hmm. like you know he Mm -hmm. did his training and learning all that stuff so that he could, you know, know the culture and know the, you know, the faux pas and the things to do, but not to do. But then at the same time, he was not a part of it in that Mm. sense. Like he still stood apart. And so I think that's really important when you're serving, whether it's where you are right now, domestically, internationally, wherever, to like understand what what's happening right and how to navigate all the things so that way you can better relate and heart yeah. with the people um yeah sorry i interrupted you but no no it's good that that, that yeah. that's actually where i what i was thinking as well uh, because <gasps> yeah it could, because the thing is like we had a, we had previous conversations in terms of 
you know, where you're serving and the different places that we've both served in. And in some sense, whenever we go on these these trips and we come back, we often what you hear people say is like, I wish it was like that here. Right. You know, that kind of mentality of like, I yeah, wish yeah. we're able to share in that way. Um, but yeah, you want to speak on that, that a little bit? Yeah. Like I think, so I think there's always that kind of mentality of two separate zones, two separate um, lives almost that you can have like my life here or wherever I'm at. And my life when I, go somewhere else to serve, whether it's, you know, in nursing city or abroad, right? But I feel like it, it, it's to live extremely, if we were to link <laughs> to my first, first episode, it's like you do both. It, it should not be separate. It should not be compartmentalized. And even the term short-term Mm -hmm. um trips and things like that mm -hmm. i know some people that are very hesitant with that phrasing because it has that mentality of like i'm doing a little bit and then i'm gonna go back and do what i was going to do before there's no sense of um continuity mm -hmm. or like that being a part of your life you're making it yeah. of like oh i did it check it off off yeah. of my to-do list in life so, um, and like, I'm guilty of that as well. When I was like growing up, I always had this preconception of what cross-cultural workers and people that served on the field were like. And in my mind, they were people that were in the jungle or like super <laughs> persecuted or like just suffering, right? And, you know, really just, I don't know, like it just seemed very extreme. And I also had the image right. of like, you know, doing that as a full-time job and right. whatever, right? And, like, there are people that are doing sure. things, you know, serving in very remote areas or doing it as their full-time job and they're, you know, receiving full support. But I also, like, through, I think, um, these different trips I've gone on and just, like, one in particular that started my whole journey of where I'm at right now was when I was in Thailand and just meeting normal people and they mm. were just telling me about their lives sharing with me their stories and how they're just living life where they're at just happens to be in a different country from their passport country and they're working there and they're just intentionally like they're there for work of course like that's their how they're there on their visa and right, right. that's how they're making a living and raising their families, but also like they're there intentionally, like they've chosen to go there intentionally because they want to um, reach out to the people that are around them in their workplace or in their school or in their community that they live in. And it just makes me think of uh, Paul when he's like making his tent in mm. the marketplace and he's just like talking to people right and he's living life and so that really broke my preconceptions of like what serving on the field would be like and what really stood out to me was when one of my teammates kids um, said something so um the mom was like saying oh yeah like uh people might think like we're like suffering or like you know, we're not having a good time. And then she's, and then her daughter's like, we're suffering, right? Mm. Like, because yeah, like yeah. we're enjoying like me living on the field now, like I'm just living my life. Like I'm doing my job and I love like my work and I love the community. Like just, yeah, like I'm enjoying, I'm not 
in any sort of um like disadvantage or like right. I'm having I don't have access to like you know the enjoyments of life as well right and right. so I think yeah like um the idea of like what long term or working cross-culturally looked like was like what I thought it would look like right. was kind of shifted once right. I like actually talked to people and learned right. more and just like oh like it's like, you know, you could do this wherever, right? Like you don't like what they're doing just happens to be in another country, but they could just so easily do that anywhere else. So yeah, to kind of serve like this, it's almost like, you know, oh, that person's serving abroad. It almost like feel, it's almost like you put them on a pedestal of like, oh, that's the, that's, that's so sacrificial of them to do, right? Whatever, right? But I think like you can do that too, like here, right? Like mm. this, I don't know how to describe, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think the word that comes to mind is incarnational, and that's a big Christian word that we throw around in, yeah. in the church world in terms of embodying the faith and living that out. Because it's a Jesus, long word. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because Jesus embodied everything. Uh, he embodied mm-hmm. the truth. He embodied the word. Um, he is. Uh, who he says he is. So I think part of it as as understanding as Christians, like we are meant to be incarnational wherever it is. And I'm not, I don't mean that in terms of diminishing those that are serving long-term, like mm-hmm, you said, those mm-hmm, are yeah. around the world, like, but that's their specific call. But there is a call yeah. for us in our context too, that, that no matter where it is that we go, we are meant to embody the faith and to live that yeah. out. Um, and that's what yeah. I'm hearing you say. And that's what I, I sense yeah. you doing. Um, yeah. And there's no hierarchy. You know, like, mm. as in, like, when I said, like, oh, serving abroad yeah. and in this way, like, it's almost like putting on pedestal. It's almost like people think, like, okay, there's a hierarchy. And, you know, if I were to do that with just my friend or with my, like, coworkers, like, that's, like, menial. But it's it's so much more impactful, right? Like, if you, I, I this is this is where I see the impact of relationships because when you listen to everyone's testimony, there's always the same common thread of there was this friend or there was this person. And Mm -hmm. that just reflects how personal God is, right? Like, you know, it's always that one-on-one kind of um, interaction or like personal um, nature to the relationship. So Yeah. yeah, I think, people may think like oh it's not that big like you know then it goes back to the whole like comparison and yeah so I think I just want to encourage that like I might be doing this but that does not mean it's better than what you're doing right Right. or worse than what you're doing right so I don't know and I love that we're having this conversation on the eve before you fly out (laughs) you know back back into the country that you're serving in uh, we'll, but we'll maybe, see. Let's not oh, <laughs> We'll continue praying. Uh, the at the time we're recording this, uh, we'll continue praying. But it, what what you just mentioned though uh, reminds me of a quote I heard about how there is no such thing as a boring testimony, because mm-hmm. that's how God works, and that's how He, that's a story of God in your life and how He's using you. And I just was speaking to someone at our church a couple weeks ago, and and uh, she was just mentioning how um, you know having a conversation with a coworker. And just how you know, church and faith came up and just 
how nervous and hard it was for her to invite, but then kind of pushing through that, like we're having a conversation about that. And I'm just mm-hmm. thinking about what you're saying now. It's like, well, yeah, like what would it look like for us to have that incarnational live, live, live out our faith incarnationally here, not just whenever mm-hmm. we're serving in whatever ministry or we're overseas or when, you know, I'm in that hut in you know, <laughs> rural, rural Africa, you know, like what if we brought the same mentality uh, here? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. No, go, go, oh, ahead. No, go on. Go. Oh, well, I just feel like, I think it's an even bigger risk to do it at home because there's always wow. that little bit of fear that if you do step into that zone with your friend, with your coworker, with your whatever, that they might see you differently and that it'll shift your relationship with them. And I mm. always say, or I always think it's hardest to minister to your family if they're non-believers. Oh, yeah. um, because I don't know, it, it's a weird feeling because I was like thinking about this. So when I think about when I'm trying to share or reach out to someone, it's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm scared that they'll reject Jesus and mm. then like in that way reject me because he's such an important part of my life yeah. and so it's almost like okay if I don't if I don't mention it then it's almost like I'm protecting him from right, right, right right and then and then so and then when I think about it then it's almost like putting so much emphasis on what I can do right and it de-emphasizes like how he will work through me or through other people in this person's life and you keep on thinking like oh if I don't do it then they're doomed right but then it's to also kind of take a bigger mindset of like well you might be a part of their journey you might be planting a seed but you might not necessarily see the harvest at the end right and to be humble in that but yeah like for me like there's always that hesitancy like with friends or whatever of like oh what if they they reject it or what if they don't give me the response I'm looking for like how will that influence my relationship with them versus if you're doing it abroad and somewhere else like if they reject me it's like okay whatever right like there's right. it's almost like less risk right less yeah. risk on your um personal uh circle or right. like your your ego right, right. so it's yeah. almost as if you're saying like the cost is greater like mm. here maybe not like physically in sense of like you know you're moving to another place and whatnot but in terms of like those circles you're feel like you're cutting off those social circles and it's costing mm. you in that way and these might be people you see every single day like you're saying your family or your coworkers, and you don't want to don't want to risk uh, that but that is also part of the cost uh in the ways mm-hmm. that we serve this just a note yeah. you're talking about like you know I've definitely sensed that too. I felt that before too, in terms of, I don't want to put Jesus to shame. So I'm just, you know, going to be quiet because I'm just going to make things worse. And reminded again, I don't know where the quote is from exactly. Probably C.S. Lewis, because he's a brilliant man. And I feel like I've read it from Narnia or something like that. But in terms of like the lion, like if God is the lion, like it's, it's foolish of me to think that I need to protect the lion when the lion can protect itself. Like the lion doesn't need defending. Uh, and Are they talking about Aslan? Like, uh, probably if it's c.s lewis and, and if it's not c.s lewis then <laughs> someone just, else someone else Tolkien. <laughs> yeah don't, yeah yeah um or your your favorite what's his name dietrich 
Ben, ben Bonhoeffer? Bonhoeffer. Yeah, Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Yeah, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. That was yeah. Cohen's original name, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were going <laughs> to name him that. Oh, good stuff. I, I'm just thinking, like, you're, you're living in that tension, though. Like, in terms of... Oh, you, yeah. You, yeah, you mentioned, like, you know, where you're at, and you know who you are, you know why you're there, and the reasons that you're serving, but also you're among people that might not know God, um, and also don't know why you're there. Uh, so... When you want to speak on that, like, I don't know, the tensions of terms of like knowing your, your, your reasons for being there. Um, but then you also sense the struggle uh, of yeah, like, like land. I and, think, yeah. yeah, like I think when a lot of people who go to where I go to teach, it's like you can make good money and save up. Cost of living is, you know, lower. So you can save up a lot of money. So a lot of people that I work with, have that kind of similar plan of why they came to our school or came to my school to like teach yeah it's a great school we love it but there's also that financial aspect as well and then um for me like it's that's that's not my um main priority of why but it's definitely a great bonus but um yeah and then so just kind of navigating how i would disclose why I chose to uh, go where I, to be in our country and I just kind of just say like oh yeah like there's this volunteer thing that I like to do that always happens around this time so it just works out for our school that um, the holidays always align so that's why I'm here and so it's kind of like disclosing it in that sense and um, also like you know, catching me and not judging them for like having that as their priority, like finance, like making money. Like I think um, there's nothing wrong with making money. Um, but mm. then for me, it's never been a priority. So like just like making sure I don't judge them for that when it differs from what I, for, for the reasons why I'm there. Mm. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, I, I think so. Um... We, we don't have much time left. Our conversations are always uh, know, very rich. There's all, no, no, it's good. It's good. Uh, I'm just thinking we, this, this means we need to invite you back on uh, and for you to yeah, share your experiences again. But I do want to end t- tonight. I know there's two verses that are very dear to your heart um, oh, in, t- yeah. in terms of, you know, the ways that you're serving now and maybe it's been a way that God has guided you um, throughout mm. your life. Uh, you want to share about those? Yeah. So these, I'm just going to preface it a little bit. So these two verses, they kind of came to me um, roughly about four or five years ago as I started this journey. And um, it really worked in tandem in a sense of like comforting as well as affirming me. And it's amazing how like, even though like so many different things have happened, this verse still speaks. It's the same words, but they resonate with me in different ways as things have changed and so um one of them is from romans 12 uh romans 12 verse um two um so do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind Mm -hmm. then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will um, so this first first came like near the beginning when I was really like struggling with like making decisions of what to do next and 
it was just a lot of like, well, it would make sense if I did this according to the world, but you know, doing this, like it seems so weird and different. And for me, it was hard because I didn't know anyone else in my immediate social circle who was doing something that I was contemplating on doing. And yeah. it just felt really uncharted territory, like very risky in a sense, right? Because I was making this life change, this life move that was uncertain or like kind of like, huh? But reading this verse that came to me, I don't even know how it just popped up. Hmm. Um, just kind of, uh, yeah, affirmed the sense that um, his will is good and perfect. And I could tell as I went on the first trip where I was just exploring more of this and learning from the people I was interacting with, I could feel my heart and my mind, like the perspective shifting and changing. And I remember like also trying to physically prevent it. I was like, no, no, ew, right? Like, I mean, right. yeah, I was like, I'm not going there. No, right? Like, I remember when the thought came of like, well, if you lived in, then yeah. I was like, no. Um, but then, yeah, like, it's just like, it, it didn't happen instantly in the change, but it was just kind of gradual and how it happened was just through the conversations I had with people and they had no idea that I was contemplating all of this stuff, but they were just sharing their life with me. And by hearing their stories, I could feel the shift, the transformation and the other verse that worked in tandem with this, that really affirmed, like encouraged me to like go forward and like kind of almost him saying like, it's okay, don't worry. Mm. Um, it's from verse, uh, it's from Psalm 37. Mm. Um, so I'll just read it. It's uh, Psalm 37, starting from verse five. So commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Oh. And like, first off, when I read that, um, I was like, I've heard of the word vindication before. <laughs> I don't know what it means, actually. And I looked it up and I actually don't remember right now, but I remember the feeling. Just like basically like what you are committed to or what you've decided to do I think anyways that's how I interpret it but basically like the image of kind of making it shine like the dawn like breaking through the darkness but also like the noonday sun like I don't know if this is correct but like you know the moon like in the middle of the sky and it's super bright mm. and so like it just for me it made me feel like validation or just like it's right it's like you know, be nice and bright and it'll be okay. And yeah, like I think those two verses have been working together in um yeah, kind of continually helping me be more flexible in a sense of letting go of my preconceptions, my plans, my yeah. my life in a sense of wanting to control it. Yeah. And just the last aspect of the verse of to be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him has been something that I've been really learning to do, especially with the kind of tendencies that I have of liking to plan 100 steps ahead of time, thinking super mm. fast, but rather just to wait upon him. And yeah, as you mentioned, like we're kind of recording this on the eve 
of before I depart. And right. just these past seven months of forced Sabbath, in a sense, has been really try, trying me or testing me in exercising that mentality of just waiting and being still. Mm. And I'm still waiting and being still, even though it seems like, oh, yes, I'm going to be departing today. But, you know, we were talking before this recording, like uh, how I literally only know step one, maybe half of the step. (laughs) And I'm not sure. I don't know what step two is, but I'm pretty sure what step one is. And once again, the Dempalak, I'll know when I get there, like when I step forward, I'll only know if that's the right direction when I get there. And it's just me kind of, yeah, letting go of me knowing what 100 steps are, like just focusing on like that one step at a time and trusting in who is guiding that step. And yeah, yeah just that image. Yeah. Well, Jess, our time has come to a close. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for sharing. Like, I, I always enjoy these conversations with you, and I'm glad that uh, others are able to listen in. And you never know, like, how God's going to use these words um, of yours in terms of lighting the way for others and, and make, you know, help, help shine the path uh, along for them as well. Uh, but this has been great. Um, I look forward to having another conversation with you soon in the near future. Know that we're praying for you. Uh, and our church cares a lot uh, about you. So thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Doug. Well, that was my conversation with Jess Leung, and I hope there are parts that resonated with you and it spoke to you. And as I was sharing in the beginning at the introduction, uh, that our goal here really is for you to become more like Jesus and that Jesus will become your everything because that's what we're about here at LLC. And it's really a privilege that this last quarter of the year, we've been able to be part of that process for you, that discipleship process. And we hope that these conversations really are encouraging to you and that God has been speaking to you through it. So thank you for listening in, whether you're part of LOC or not. And I wanna wish you a very happy new year, as tough as 2020 was and is, as there are a few days left. Know that our God is a God of new things. I I went for a run this morning and just reminded that our God is new. Uh, that his faithfulness is new every morning and that uh, we can trust in him and depend on him no matter what 2021 holds and know that uh, we do have a new episode every two weeks and to be quite honest with you i don't have a recording yet for the next episode so we're going to see who comes on and i have a couple people in mind but uh, we have to wait and see uh, if it's going to work out or not i've learned from 2020 if i've learned anything from 2020 is that Our plans, uh, though we are to plan and we're to look ahead and to do our best, we're also to hold on to them loosely because you never know what's going to happen. So as this is the last podcast and the last conversation I'm going to have here in 2020, I really wish you all the best in 2021 and know that wherever it is you're listening from, whether it's you or call yourself a member here at LLC or you're listening in from other parts of the city or other parts of the world, just thank you for tuning in. It really means a lot that we're able to be in this together, though virtually and though over a podcast conversation, know that my heart is for you. I'm praying for you no matter where it is. I may not know who you are, but God knows you and your story and what you're going through. So thanks for tuning in. God bless and happy new year.